Hello, 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 and welcome to Zippity Doo Disney, the podcast where we help you make the most of your Disney vacation using tips from experienced people just like you. So sit tight and let's get started. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 12 of Zippity Doo Disney. I'm your host, Eric Frenchman, and this episode is titled Rising Up for Rise of the Resistance. Yes, we're going to talk about our recent visit to Galaxy's Edge. I know this sounds a lot like episode 11, but I hadn't had a chance to ride Rise of the Resistance yet, and we just got back from our annual end-of-year Disney trip, so I have a ton more information to help you with your own trips. Rise of the Resistance is a 20-minute attraction. It's not a ride. It's an attraction. And people are waking up early in the morning to get a chance to ride it. That crowd and how the ride works has major impacts on your day at Hollywood Studios, so it deserves its own special episode. And I promise to try and keep this episode shorter than the actual attraction itself. Here's how this episode will go. First, we'll talk about how Disney's managing getting a spot on Rise of Resistance and how you can get a spot. Second, we'll review Rise of Resistance, the attraction itself, and then we'll review how Rise of Resistance impacts the rest of your park and, of course, your vacation. Sit back, enjoy the show, thanks for listening, and let's go on that ride. So by now you've heard a ton about the brand new Star Wars Rise of Resistance and you want to go on the ride. Sorry, attraction. I get it. I wanted to go on it too. And I did. But I had to research how to get on this ride because if you look at all the information on Twitter or what Disney's pushing out or things that you see on Facebook, it makes it seem like people are sleeping out overnight, packing overnight bags and pillows, selling their rights to their firstborn children, building tents, fires, you get it. Good news is you don't have to do any of that because Disney is using a virtual queue. And it's a pretty simple process for getting one. Now, as I record this, it's the middle of January 2020. And this process could change. It could change at a drop of a Mickey hat. But given that the brand new, there's a new ride coming to Hollywood Studios, the Mickey and Minnie Runaway Train, and it'll be opening in the Chinese Theater, my guess is that Disney will continue to use a virtual queue for the foreseeable future. So I think this podcast and these tips will be useful for quite a while. So how does the virtual queue work, you ask? Well, it's pretty simple. You're trying to get a boarding pass, and here's how that works. First, make sure you've downloaded the official Disney World app and you have a Disney World account. Second, make sure everyone that wants to go on that on Rise is already in your party. If you're staying at a Disney World resort and or you've already planned out your FastPass reservations, that should already be taken care of. You are making FastPass Plus reservations 30 to 60 days out, aren't you? Third, you got to make sure everyone in your party that's trying to get into Rise has to be inside Hollywood Studios when you're attempting to go to Boarding Pass. And that's what you're trying to get, a Boarding Pass for Rise of Resistance. Resistance. Ugh. Finally, after park opening, open the app, click on find out more, and then the link for join a boarding group. It's that simple. As long as you're in the first 110-ish or so boarding groups, you're going to get on the ride that day. Well, that assumes it doesn't break down. 
If you have a higher number than that, you are in the backup group, and you most likely will get on Rise of the Resistance if it runs smoothly that day. When your boarding group group gets called, you have about you have two hours to check in at the ride. Sorry, attraction, and then you're good to go. So, how do you make sure you get a get a boarding pass? Well, listen, young Padawan, and I'm going to tell you. Here's how you get your pass, and we went at the busiest time of year. So it should work for you at other times of the year. And please, please, please remember, you don't need to get there in the early hours to get a boarding pass. You need to be at Disney's Hollywood Studios 30 to 45 minutes before the park opening. That's it. If Hollywood Studios opens at 8 a.m., that means, math scientists, you need to be at the park at 7.15. If Hollywood Studios opens at 6 a.m. like it did for us between... December 26th and January 1st, you need to be there, guess what, between 5.15 and 5.30 a.m. And since we went, it's the worst week at Disney World. If we did it that week, you could do it too. We woke up at the ungodly hour at 4.45 a.m., grabbed the first bus from the Contemporary Hotel at 5.15, and rolled into Hollywood Studios at 5.35 a.m. or so. Note, when you're planning your day, make sure you check with your hotel to figure out when the first bus leaves. Anyway, we got through security with little issue. We all had bags. And then we scanned in through the park entrance, and we were at line at Starbucks at 5.45 a.m. Disney and its security team were extremely efficient, so you should have no issues getting into the park. However, again, I can't stress it enough. You need to make sure everyone scans in, because if they aren't scanned in, they won't be in your boarding party, which means they're not going to get on the ride. If that happens to you, go find a cast member ASAP. The one closest cast members closest to the park entrance might be mobbed. So walk a little further down Hollywood Boulevard and see if they can help you out over there. Okay, back to the process. While we were in line at Starbucks, because that was the deal I made with everybody, we waited for our phone to display 6 a.m. and then we joined a boarding group. Note. Don't expect some big announcement at 6 a.m. or in the park openings because I don't remember hearing one. Disney, after you, you hit the app to join a group, they randomly select the boarding group number. So there are no, and I repeat, no advantages to getting to the park super early to get a boarding pass. There might be some advantages to getting there super early to ride other rides in the park, but not rides at Resistance. When we tried, we got number 37. That should have meant we were in the first hour or so that the attraction was open. In. open. But that's not what happened to us that day. What happened that day was that Rise didn't open on time due to technical issues, and it went about till about 8.15 or so. And we didn't get called until around 10.30 a.m., which made for a very, very, very long and tired morning at Hollywood Studios. But that's how you get a spot. It's simple. Follow the rules, Padawan. If for some reason you're running late, most of the boarding passes are gone by 15 to 20 minutes after park opening. So you got a little slack in that time. Not much. You could also always try to get a backup group. Okay? Before we continue, one other subtle point you need to know. If you want to get to Hollywood Studios early so you have a potential for shorter waits for other super popular rides like the Millennium Falcon, Slinky Dog, B-52, 
be my guest. And that's a good strategy if that's what you want to do. But don't get to the park super early because you'll think you'll have a better chance of getting on Rise of the Resistance or getting a boarding pass number because you, you won't. So if your strategy is to get there as early as possible, to be at the front of the line when the park opens, if it was me, I couldn't do this, but if it was me, I would head straight to the Millennium Falcon. All right, I'm going to switch up the order on this podcast because I think it flows a little better. I want to discuss how, next, I want to discuss how Rise of Resistance impacts the rest of your day because, well, that's important. First, you need to know how to plan your day based on your boarding pass number. The best piece of advice I can give you is to see a cast member and ask them, based on your number, when do they think you'll get called? If you're in the first 40 or so, you're probably going to get called within the first two hours of the park opening. Woohoo! And given that you have two hours to get back to your ride when your number is called, you probably aren't going to go leave Hollywood Studios. You're probably going to stay there. If your number is later, you could probably go to a different park, back to your hotel, or somewhere else for breakfast. And based on what I had to say about eating in episode 11, I think you should go elsewhere for breakfast because I don't think the breakfast options at Hollywood Studios are all that good. One other big tip I could to keep in mind is ride availability because Rise of the Resistance has been breaking down fairly often and that could cause delays. When we went, as I mentioned earlier, we got boarding pass 37 and we checked in with a cast member. We were told it was a great number and we probably shouldn't go elsewhere because we should be in the first hour or 90 minutes. Of course, we were like, awesome. So we stayed. Unfortunately, that day, Rise was down for about two and a half hours. So by the time we got called, our 60 to 90 minute wait turned into a full long morning at Hollywood Studios. If you're one of my podcast listeners, you're probably going, Hey, Eric, you love Hollywood Studios. Spending a full morning there sounds like fun. Unfortunately, it's not that much fun because it's packed and it's packed all day. You probably then think to yourself, Eric, Bubala, you went during Christmas week. Of course it's packed every day. Sure, that's what I would have said. Oh, I just said that because as I write this script, it's around January 12th, hardly a typical day. And there was already a 140-minute wait for the Millennium Falcon. And the park had only been open for about 20 minutes. And that's just not Galaxy Star Wars Galaxy's Edge rides. Slinky Dog will have long waits. So will Toy Story Media, Tower Terror, and of course, Rock and Roll Roller Coaster. If you aren't sure what those rides are, pull up Episode 7 for a deep dive into Hollywood Studios. On our rise day, the, the women... Yes, the women folk. Maybe go to Starbucks. That was our deal. And we walked over to Rock and Roll Roller Coaster after we got our Starbucks because it had a decent wait about 40 minutes at park opening. Unbeknownst to us at the time, Rise wasn't opening on time. So we enjoyed our breakfast and coffee, rode Rock and Roller, and by the time we got out of there, all the other rides were packed. Packed. And I mean packed for like 90 plus minutes. So guess what? We were kind of stuck. Everywhere we went was packed. We got more coffee because that's what you do. But guess what? There was a long wait for that too. So what we did was we headed over to the only place where the wait wasn't too bad, which was Docky Bay 7. We got our pictures with Darth Vader. Yay! And watched Star Wars the documentary. Yay! Before our number got called. Got close. Didn't get called yet. 
Then we headed over to Galaxy's Edge to do some shopping, and we had a second breakfast at Ranta's Wrap. It was decent, but not great. Hence the reason I recommend eating elsewhere. Just a side note, I did get beer with breakfast. I was on vacation. And that's about when we got called for our, our rise time. Remember, right now there was nowhere to hide at Hollywood Studios. It's packed all day long. The only time I saw wait times drop was late on New Year's Eve. And even then, the Millennium Falcon had an hour wait. I think your best plans for going to Hollywood Studios is, these days is to go in the morning. Even though I typically don't recommend this, I recommend making your fast passes for the mor morning. Hopefully that works for your rise of the resistance boarding pass time. But even if it doesn't, you still have that two-hour window. On your ride morning, try to hit at least either the Millennium Falcon and or another Tier 1 Fast Pass ride. You know what the Tier 1 Fast Pass rides are, don't you? So, for example, Rock and Roll Roller Coaster, Slinky Dog Tower Terror, Toy Story Mania. Because no matter what, whichever Tier 1 ride you don't have, basically, whichever Tier 1 ride you don't have a Fast Pass for on your trip. Generally, other than the Brown Derby, I don't like the food options at Hollywood Studios, so I think you should get food elsewhere. A good plan for your day might be wake up, and get your your rise boarding pass. Depending on where you are with the number, go wait for the Millennium Falcon and another tier or another tier one ride. Go on some of the other fast pass ride reservations or whatever else you want to do. Maybe get some lunch. Of course, don't forget about your rise pass. But once you get out of Hollywood Studios, don't look back at Hollywood Studios. You're turned to a pillar of salt. Before you leave, try and get another fast pass at another park. We canceled our last Fast Pass at Hollywood Studios, which happened to be the Muppets. And we snagged an Exhibition Everest Fast Pass at Animal Kingdom. Woohoo! If your Rise reservation or your Rise boarding time is going to be later in the day, take the Skyliner to Epcot and enjoy lunch, drinking, shopping, and the World Showcase. If you do that, you'll need about 25 minutes each way. And that's awesome, especially if you use the Skyliner, which is your best and most beautiful method for traveling between the two parks these days. So, is Rise of Resistance worth all of this headache? Yes, but I don't recommend doing it more than once in your vacation unless Hollywood Studios has some deep, decent opening time like 9 a.m. Isn't it the greatest attraction ever? That's what I heard. Maybe. Maybe it's the greatest attraction ever. I think casual Star Wars fans or non-Star Wars fans might vote for Flights of Passage and Flights definitely has a claim as being the greatest attraction right now. For me, I'm not so sure. The initial wow of riding the Millennium Falcon was better for me because, well, it's the Millennium Falcon. It's awesome. In fact, I rode the Falcon twice in one day, and I wanted to go on it a third time that day. But Lisa didn't want to do it, so I had to wait a couple more days to ride it again. When I got off a rise, I wanted to go back on again to experience it. I didn't have the same wow as I did for the Millennium Falcon. I don't think that that's a big of a deal. I mean, because to me, it's, you know, it's the Millennium Falcon. However, any Star Wars fan will love this ride. And whether it's better than Flights of Passage or the Millennium Falcon, well, who cares? You shouldn't. Because they're all awesome rides. There is one main problem with Rise versus Flights and the Millennium Falcon. Rise does break down a lot because there are tons of animatrons 
and that could cause delays and unfortunately as well as disappointments. All right, you guys still with me? Here's the third part of today's episode. Rise of the resistance lasts about 20 minutes. Yes, you heard that right. 20 minutes. And that doesn't include your wait time in the queue, which could add on another 30 minutes. So let me see, 20 plus 30. Oh, so by the time you get back, you're investing close to an hour. So keep that in mind because I didn't notice any places to go potty in those 50 minutes. The ride itself has about four distinct parts and it has an awesome storyline. As I mentioned, there are amazing animatrons, actors, holograms, virtual rides, a trackless ride. I don't want to give too much away, but basically, here's how the ride goes. You start off in what's a pre-show, which sets you up for your mission. You do get to see the Ray hologram there, which is really cool. From there, you're moved into your first simulator ship that eventually gets captured by a First Order destroyer. That simulator ship is awesome. It's really enjoyable. It's super cool. You are then moved into the destroyer where you wait while you are washed over by the First Order. You then get passed into a room which seems like it's got like a thousand stormtroopers. It's probably about 25 or 50. And you're thinking, well, that doesn't sound... No, it's really cool. It's super awesome. Take as much time as you can. We didn't. We kind of walked through it because they don't actually rush you through and this part is really beautiful. Along the way, you get interrogated by General Hux and Kylo Ren, two very, very cool animatrons. You then break out of jail, get on a cool trackless transport. You get shut up, shout out, shot at by stormtroopers. Swing by some at ats. There's a Finn animatron, more blaster fire, more awesome encounters with Kylo, and then it turns you into a motion simulator. Then the ride ends. It's 20 minutes of an awesome attraction. Filled with rides, motion simulators, actors, life-size ad ads, animatrons. You get off the ride. You're thrilled. You also might be a little confused because there's so much going on. You can't possibly absorb it. Is it worth waking up at 5 a.m.? Yes. But I wouldn't wake up at that time more than once on your trip because it's 5 a.m. and you're supposed to be on vacation. That's it. That's it for episode 12. You got my foolproof plan for getting on Rise of the Resistance, and you got some other great tips on how to adjust your day at Hollywood Studios. I don't know what I'm doing for episode 13. I'm thinking about talking about the Skyliner, which was awesome. I'm also thinking about doing an episode for uh, for taking little kids to, to Disney World. But that's it. Thanks for listening, and thanks for going on that ride.